0: Welcome to The Quad, CCB's sport podcast. I'm Simon Hill, Deputy Head at Christ College, and I'm delighted that you've joined us as we discuss all the latest sports news at the school. We'll cover global sporting issues and also spend time with invited guests, all of whom have specialisms or interest in the world of sport. This is The Quad. Right,
1: welcome everybody, and I'd just like to say welcome to uh, The Quad of 2023. Um, We're back after doing some brilliant episodes last year. Um, Thanks for Ollie and Jack for joining us again. We've got some new people as well, which I'll introduce in a bit, Um, but really just a reminder for everybody about what the quad is about. It's our school podcast, and on that school school podcast, we would like to really just do a bit of a check about what sport's been happening over the past few weeks, Um, school updates, uh, results, fixtures, um, and we like to just chat about sport and the things that have been going on in the sporting world. We're going to add some new um, bits into our pod this year. We're going to look at, um, instead of the top 10 athletes of all time, we're going to look at the uh, top 10 most memorable sports moments. And we're going to add a bit of fun at the end about people who've recently had shockers in sport and people who are having a rocker in sport as well, and they're, uh, they're really performing well. So, um, just very quickly, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourselves. Um, new podders um, to the quad for this year, please. So, can I start off on my right?
2: Uh, Rhys Conker, year 12 school offs. Nice, sweet Sports? Um, rugby, I play, I used to play a bit of football, but obviously I've stepped away and put all my effort into rugby now. Nice. So Good make stuff. Just rugby, yeah. Well,
3: welcome back. Yeah, uh, well, a bit different now. This captain of the first 15 now, Brill, which is a... Well, real privileges, uh, real privilege. So I'm really happy to be in a. Good
4: session. Hi, I'm Ben. I'm in year 12 in Orchard House. Sports, I'm, Ben? I enjoy mainly playing hockey, but I also do try. You're a hockey player my bunny, best yeah. on the rugby pitch as well. For
1: real. Try my best on the rugby pitch. I like that. You do a bit more than that.
5: Hi, I'm Dylan James. Similar to Ben, I'm year 12 Orchard House. Play rugby as a scrum half and I'm trying to start cross country backer. Brilliant.
1: Looking forward to having you on board as well with that, Bill.
5: Jack, welcome back.
1: Thank you, sir. So, yeah, my name's Jack. My sport is
6: athletics, specifically the 100 metres. And Mark, well, I'll introduce you, Mark. Head boy. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. Mark, you go for I'm it. Mark Grodkin. I play mainly cricket. I am the captain of the first 11 this year. Uh, and I also uh, play a bit of football. Fantastic.
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to your insights as well, Mark. So thank you. Thanks to you all for joining us. And I hope we have a good... Uh, couple of weeks. Um, we're really privileged as well that Mr Pearson, our guest for today, has given up some time to join us on the first quad uh, episode of 2023. Thank you so much for coming, Mr Pearson. Um, I would love to kick us off and get your insights, um, your sporting background or your sporting interests.
0: So I'd, I'd say as at school, I was the kind of um, jack of all trades, kind of master of none. I was kind of in all the teams, but was never really a sporting superstar or anything really. Um, So I played a lot of tennis, played a lot of rugby, uh, hockey, a bit of athletics, racket sports I could do. So I was a good sportsman, but almost from an early age I knew I was never going to be a professional. Favourite sport if you had to pick one? For enjoyment rugby, because I preferred team sports to individual sports, uh, but I'm really glad I learned how to play tennis as a boy because it's a sport that I still enjoy now. What position were you at rugby, sir? I was uh, fly-half up to about 18. Um, Played for my club and my county and my school. And then when I went to Loughborough, um, I couldn't get in as a 10, so I became a scrum-half. And played mainly scrum-half from then on in.
2: Uh, Sir, did you uh, prefer playing scrum-half or fly-half?
0: I I wish I'd converted to scrum-half earlier, because I think I probably had more ability at it. Um, but when I made that conversion, like everybody who converts position, I was really grumpy about it. I wanted to be a 10, really. But if someone had been brave enough to say, actually, you should have been a scrum-off when I was about 14, uh, that would have probably been the right thing for me, I, I suspect.
1: Brilliant. Thanks, thanks, Mr speaking. And you're going to be natural at this, I know you are. So jump in at any time throughout the pod, please, with your uh, contributions. And, uh, and we will um, we'll look forward to hearing a little bit more about that right to one of our first or new parts of the pod and we're going to kind of open this up to a bit of an open forum and and our podders are going to come each week with uh, a couple of mentions things that they want to talk about um, in the world of sport Um, so i'm going to open it up really to start off with for me my point of view i think the rugby world cup is obviously massive at the moment for us we're seeing a lot of it and i love the scheduling kind of like full of weekend full of rugby isn't it it's like every channel you well every time you turn it on it's always on um, so yeah, Rugby World Cup lads. What do we think? Are we enjoying it? Um, are you enjoying? What part are you enjoying? Oh? oh, it's been great, really. Just the opportunity to play on a Saturday, and
3: then for the whole rest of the day, have rugby on the TV you can watch. Especially when Wales are playing in the evenings, it's really nice to well, get down to the rugby. Have you, you had a standout uh, match that you've enjoyed watching? Uh, well, I've got to be England Australia really. It was uh, last night. Was Wales Australia. Wales Australia. Not England Australia. Sorry. It was all oh, great to watch. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it was really, I thought it was a really good performance from Wales, and uh, especially Jack Morgan's fifty twenty-two. It was
1: amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. It was really good. I quite liked enjoying watching last night. I never liked watching Wales. I love it, obviously, but I hate it secretly as well. And for the first time, I think, I sat there, and after the first couple of minutes, just relaxed. I just could just tell, couldn't you? It was in the bag, it was done. And I never really got nervous. I always get nervous watching Wales. I don't know how you guys felt. Yeah. What did you think of the game yesterday?
5: Oh it was, was really good to watch from a like Welsh perspective, seeing a national country do well on such a big stage as the World Cup. Like. Any
1: standout player
5: for you? Oh, it's gone Jack Morgan. He was
1: brilliant, he wasn't was, he? He was, he, was he was absolutely
0: brilliant. He could
1: play any position, don't you think? Yeah. He kicks like a
4: <laughs> ten. He, he could he could play anywhere and be brilliant. I was amazed by what he did. He's brilliant, wasn't he? Um, lads, any anyone else enjoying the rugby? Any any kind of Ben? I think it's just really exciting to um, <clears throat> to see all these emerging countries, you know, come onto the big stage and perform with yeah. the top countries at the minute. It's great to see, you know, the likes of Uruguay. You know, who was it, Uruguay and uh, Baltimore, Baltimore, uh Portugal and a great game as well. Yeah. yeah, it's just really good to see them competing and to give and just to throw us off a bit. Cause it it's almost opens up a bit,
1: bit of a debate though as well about kind of how the the second tier nations that they call them, you know, how can World Rugby start to get their act together and bring these on a little bit more. We're seeing Fiji, who are absolutely yeah. on fire at the yeah. moment, and they've had that little opportunity. They've got their team in the Super, super 15, 14s now. Um, they've got a team in the, in the kind of Southern Hemisphere League, it's based out of, um, out of New Zealand, but it is for an Islanders kind of team, and, and that little opportunity has really kind of started that for them.
6: Market. No, I think watching watching these new countries play rugby is, from a from a perspective of a non rugby fan, is um, it's quite interesting. I think they play a more exciting style of rugby, um, where it's sort of more interesting to watch. I think I was watching the Georgia uh, Portugal game, and it was it was, um, it was quite a good spectacle.
1: It's so kind of like not not so structured, and not so scripted, is it? Whereas it's more of a win at all costs at the big top tier nations. They are playing to the script, and any slight mistake and you could lose it. But I guess they're not playing to a script today. They? they're playing to entertain, they don't necessarily have that, that level of, of kind of um, tactical mouse or knowledge to, to kind of be able to deploy it, or the skill level, so they're probably, yeah, just chucking it around a bit and more, having a bit more, more, ice, more exciting, Definitely, Check.
7: Dark Horse, anyone? <sighs> Out of these smaller nations, does anyone have a specific country they think could put a good shot at? Fiji. God, it's Fiji,
3: They are, they're just so excited to watch, are I Yeah. They've always been known for their, just Share exciting how
1: exciting it is to watch them but yeah they, they've been tearing it up they outrageous they've been brilliant and I love the stat that Wales played um, Wales played Fiji obviously in their first game and prepping a, a normal six nations game you would train and they'd expect the team to make an average of maybe 150 to 160 70 tackles and that's what you would prep for that's what kind of the team so you can, you can imagine that warren Gatlin's not not kind of training them to make 160 he's probably going do you know what best case or worst case now we're gonna to have to make 200 tackles so that's what we're going to train for they had to make on average 250 tackles throughout that game against fiji you can just tell what type of game that was yeah. you can tell what a massive defensive effort that must have been and those boys would have come off that field absolutely
0: aching mm. you know? big strong boys as well
1: aren't they this massive yeah, huge. massive Brilliant. Right, um, I'm going to open it up to Mark actually. And Mark, thanks for joining us on the uh, on the quad and I'm really looking forward to your insights in cricket. and Give us a bit of a summary of, uh, of what's been going on in the world of cricket.
6: So, it's been a big summer. Um, it started off uh, with uh, the Ashes and the 100. Uh, the 100 obviously is a very new competition and uh, this year I believe that uh, um, I think the Manchester, Manchester Originals, Originals won it. First what first time for them, mm-hmm. um, and Harry Brook was probably for me the, the highlight performer of the summer. Uh, so obviously the ODI World Cup squad came out at the back end of the summer and Harry Brook wasn't included because of Ben Stokes' return from mm-hmm. retirement. Uh, and uh, immediately, the first 100 game, after that squad was released, uh, Harry Brook makes a century in the 100 and I think it's, it's only the second or third century ever uh, in the 100. That's Absolutely. a way to tell him, isn't Extremely it? That's a way
1: to say, actually, actually just, just back. think about me. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Putting himself back in the selectors' minds. And I think he has managed to find his way yeah, back he has. into the team. He's back sense. in. Um, and uh, then obviously the Ashes. Um, the Ashes was, uh, was a very interesting um, series, going from one that England should have won, to one that they shouldn't have won, to one that they should have won. And it, it almost was defined in, in the first uh, test when, with that declaration from Ben Stokes. Um, where they left just before getting to 400, I believe it was, or 500, yep. um, and uh, it, it cost them the game, I have to say, it cost them that first game, uh, and then they lost the second test just from momentum and losing it, uh, and then uh, the weather, the weather kicked in, and it ended up being a draw, and Australia is in the actress.
1: Been, uh, it's been it's been crazy, and then Very obviously good. the ODIs have just finished. There's been a few
6: one uh, internationals as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, currently, there's an ODI series ongoing with Ireland, um, and uh, we are halfway through that. There's one left, um, and it's sort of the, the second tier squad, as we say, if, if yeah. that exists with England. And uh, Sam Hain with a particularly impressive performance of 89 uh, on the weekend, um, and uh, Phil Salt opening uh, with. Um, can't quite remember his name. Yeah, that's all
1: prepping for <laughs> that's all prepping for the World Cup, which is yeah. just around the corner, isn't it? So uh, we'll all be very excited to watch that. Thanks, Mark. That's brilliant. Um, Little Jack, I
4: said.
1: Ah, well done. Ninety-three. Good, good memory. Um, so, and anyone in football? There've got to be a few football fans in here. Yeah. Anyone in football wanna talk football over the weekend, Jack? Oh well, we saw the return of the Champions League. Yeah. I know Ben and I, avid Arsenal
7: fans. It was nice nice to see Arsenal. I think you're the only two in the school, mind aren't you? <laughs> no, you know, probably. Plenty There's plenty. There's definitely
1: not many more of you.
7: <laughs> back in the Champions League after all those years. So, <laughs> six years yeah. it's been. Six Funny. years. Six long years, six so it was, years. It was fantastic to see the boys back. Yeah, I enjoyed that
1: one. Good yeah. So, yeah. and a performance good, good win as well. Yeah. yeah, I think the Champions League's come back, hasn't it? Yeah. and there's been some great results with that. Man um, United back
6: in the Champions League. Yes, Canada. Man United back um, in the Champions League. Got slightly humiliated by Bayern Munich. Um, obviously, a club in in extreme controversy at the moment. We've seen uh, turmoil. Are we going in, turmoil. In, turmoil, or turmoil, or? turmoil. Are we going that bad? Uh, mm. and, and Ten Hag sort of stirring the pot, yeah. the pots, with um, uh, the exclusion of Jadon Sancho That's and it. the inclusion of um, uh, of Evans, the the, the veteran centre back. Yeah. Uh, a very very, very questionable move, uh, but it seems to have paid off with the, the victory against Burnley.
5: Yeah, I think building on your point, he was outstanding against Burnley. He had a disallowed goal, which is a bit controversial, obviously, and he had that beautiful assist for Bruno's volley, which Just, just class.
4: I would say thirty-six. So uh, yeah, let <laughs> hope. I think it was such a good act of uh, sportsmanship for Bruno Fernandez to give his man of the match award to Johnny Evans at the end of the game. Which just kind of shows, you know, the, like the true value of some of those players in that squad. That Class goal for yeah. me as well. Yeah. Unbelievable Really And the fact that they value each other that much, you know. Yeah, it shows there's more, probably, team, you know, they're more tighter than you may think. Love that. Thanks, Ben. Right.
1: So, um, great. So, that's going to kind of be a regular feature. Ben, I'm just going to throw it back to you, actually, and talk just a bit about hockey. Um, yes. Sir. Cardiff
4: Met. At the minute, Cardiff Met Hockey are, are thriving in their, in their men's teams. Their first team has just been promoted to the Premier League of England Hockey, which is a massive, massive move for not only a club in the country but a Welsh club first ones to ever do it and excitingly the first ones to win a game against Reading on Saturday so it's all up for Cardiff and Hockey at the minute and with their loss against Southgate last week really really thrilling encounter you know it was scoreline didn't quite reflect it. it was 4-1 Southgate extremely strong but against Reading you know the boys are showing their own and they're showing why Welsh Hockey does need and to be... And what's their respect. chances, Ben? What, what are we
1: saying? Are they, are they there to stay? Are they going to give it a good go? I or? think they're there to stay there. Yeah.
4: They're certainly the dark... You know, no, one, no one expects anything of a, of a Cardiff Mount hockey team. They all expect all the England boys to do the work. But yeah. I think they're going to be the dark horse of this. It's good as well
1: because you know, it's a long time coming in some respects. Oh, Welsh Hockey needs to be put on the map. And yeah, um, and if we can do that through the club hockey, then, then brilliant. It hopefully raises the profile. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Raising that profile yeah, and getting brilliant. more hopefully more, get more youngsters
4: involved, you know. Then all of a sudden we've got a good thriving network Absolutely. of players ready to come through.
1: Excellent, that's great. Um, so that's going to kind of be a regular standing for us every week, talking about sports, what's been going on, um, any mentions that you guys want to drop in. Uh, if you've got anyone you think's been really working hard around school in their training sessions, um, anyone down in all the way, all the way through to um, all the way through to the uh, the upper sixth. So this is a great part, uh, chance for you to put some mentions in for people and uh, and do some good name dropping. Okay, regular section on the pod was uh, our roundup and our news roundup of, um, of all the fixtures that have been happening. And we've had lots, it's been such a busy start to the term. Uh, really, really busy. In fact, there's been lots of fixtures going on all the way through from all the way up until uh, to, to sixth form. So I'm just going to kind of go through very quickly the, uh, the hockey um, results. I might then throw over to you all and talk a little bit about the, uh, the Sedfa pre-season tour as well, because obviously the girls and boys both enjoyed that great trip. Um, so yeah, the, the season for the girls um, in hockey started off with the trip up to Sedba for pre-season. Um, it was a great competitive match, um, really good experience up there. And the weather was absolutely beautiful. I think everyone had, uh, had a great time. They split them into kind of, as a pre-season match would be, three three kind of um, uh, t- equal um, kind of quarters, uh, four quarters, sorry. Um, and yeah, that was a, that was a brilliant trip. Um, then they came back and they've had a, they had a game against the old Braconians. And they just lost that one, uh, 2-1. Um, and then, again, a couple of narrow losses as well against uh, Chatham Ladies and then Chatham College. Um, they, had a pre- they had a friendly against uh, Llandywri this Wednesday just gone. And they're always close games with Landovery. Um, they've been getting closer and closer. So um, they lost that one, 2-1. And then they had a, re- a good game on a Saturday with, uh, with Brecon Hockey. Um, really kind of young team for us that was put out there to try and, uh, try and really boost that experience and they lost that one 4-1 but it's been a really busy start to the year for, for the girls um, first 11 and the second team as well I've got a bit of a story about the second team I'm quite proud actually I was over there training on Friday or two Friday ago with them and we were working on short corners and then they went over to uh, Cheltenham's Ladies and they won their game 1-0 off a short corner and definitely taking the credit for that um, so the second's had a f- quite a few games as well Yes.
6: Yeah, so I got the chance to, to see the, uh, the first Llanduvry game, the, the friend against Llandivere. Uh I thought, I thought the girls started off very well, I, think I thought they played very energetically, um, but I thought that Llanduvry unfortunately capitalised on, on two key moments. I think by half-time, arguably, Christ's were the better team, uh, but obviously two key defining moments. Uh, but However, after the, the half-time break, uh, the girls were sort of re-energised by, by the goal they scored, uh, and um, unfortunately didn't have
1: to get I, th- I spoke to Miss Hardman and she said that you know, if we could have converted half the amount of shots that they had or pressure that we had in there then you know, so really she wasn't too concerned you know, she said it, you know, those, on another day three
2: of those shots go in
4: Ben? I don't think there's any concern to be had in the girls first 11 I think they're relentless they worked so hard on and off the ball after watching a couple of their games you know? they work hard with each other they all enjoyed playing hockey together you what know, more can you ask for? and the results will come, come. Yeah.
1: absolutely that's great, thanks lads. Um, just going back through them very quickly, so the under-15s and under-14s have had quite a few games, um, a draw against Brecon High, um, then they had uh, a victory against Crickhow and then the under-14s, um, they lost to Chatham's Lady College as well. And lastly, that I'm gonna throw it over to all now for some rugby results. I'll we'll how the rugby worlds have gone this term so far, uh, it's been a bit of a mixed start
3: to be honest. We've had a, a few unlucky performances where I think the result didn't really reflect how the game went, uh, especially with the first because we've uh, obviously gone up a league. Uh, yep. Now we're playing a lot harder opposition than we were last year, so we've gone into like the top tier of the Daily Mail Trophy mm-hmm. uh, instead of in like the middle tiers as we were last year. So two weeks ago now we played Sir Thomas Richards at home where we unfortunately lost 29-7. I think. The heat definitely got the best of us that day, because I think it got up to something like 27 degrees. Yeah, it was very hot. And yeah, but yeah, it was just an unfortunate performance. I think uh, there was a lot lot that went wrong, but there's a lot that that we can definitely work on and uh,
1: put right. I think that's happened though, hasn't it? I I think you will talk a little bit about the other fixtures, but um, since then you've put a lot right, it's fair to say. You know, it's probably a baptism of fire, really. A really tough school. Thomas Rich, 1,300 boys. Um, all boys school, grammar school in Gloucester. Um, so you know, if you look at their numbers, they've got a lot more boys to pick yeah, from definitely. than us. But to give a good account of ourselves, there, 20-29-7, that was a good, uh, good, not not a good start, but one to kind of really, kind of work on. Uh, yeah. Then
3: uh, a few days ago, we travelled down to Millfield uh, and played their uh, their team, and unfortunately, then lost that again, 26-5. But I really, really strongly believe that, that scoreline doesn't reflect the performance. I think uh, a lot of their scores were just silly little errors from us, where we um we definitely piggybacked back them down the pitch from a few of our disciplinary issues. But uh, yeah, I think that was a really tough score.
1: Errors then that can be put right, though. Yeah, I mean, 100%. you know, looking at structural, fundamental, think, tactical uh, changes.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think uh, give a give a few days. I think we should be putting them right and. Hopefully getting back on the uh, back on the score sheet. Good, and big game this Wednesday. So yeah, massive game. That's this the Wednesday. One to focus on, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so we've been promoted um, promoted up a league now into the Welsh Colleges League, which is a lot more publicised than the league we were in before, which just had like high schools and yep. Wales. So yeah, this is like the top tier Welsh Welsh league. Uh, but we play Gower College away now on Wednesday. So boys are all really looking forward Good. to that. All eyes on that then. Yeah, have hopefully. the seconds got on all. Uh Again, mixed bag. Again, to be honest, uh, we went. They Sir Thomas Richards came down to us, and that was got, a tricky game. Yeah, that was a tough game. That was a very tough um, game for they, us.
1: As he said, we've said that already. A big, strong, strong kind of six form there. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. They added some really strength and depth, yeah. and then we had a t- touring team from Argentina, didn't we?
3: Yeah, that was a good game. That was um, a really good opportunity for some of the boys to um, step up and play because then it was a mixed bag between uh, first and seconds, mm-hmm. uh, which we won 22-21. Uh, it was a very intense game towards the end. I think the Argentinian team were looking looking good. They were looking strong, and uh, we managed to just keep them keep them at bay. Good stuff.
1: Outstanding referee, and I think though, on that day as well, there's a brilliant ref. Oh yeah. <laughs> Reece, what was my ref, like? like,
2: it good. It's probably the best uh, best ref I've seen. Well, <laughs> better at this season than you. Thanks, Thanks. Reese. Really. What about that try? However, oh, uh, no comments.
3: <laughs> uh, Oh, we'll leave all... that one there. We'll leave that there. I've heard all about this.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Um, right. Okay. Let's go quickly through then. The end of sixteens. Uh, they've had um, some two good games. Actually, they they won against Brecon High, um, and they went to Millfield on Saturday and they came back brilliantly in the second half. I think they were. I think they scored four tries on the bounce um, to draw thirty three all, which was which was great. Um, then the end of 15s, they They've had uh, four fixtures. Uh, Thomas Rich was a tough game, as we've mentioned. Oh, sorry, three fixtures. Um, gwynedd they lost a tight match to Gwynedd, And um, Millfield again, they lost 45-38. But all very, very good competitive matches. Um, I think that probably concludes the round Oh, no, we've got some other little, uh, other quick, quick fixtures to say about the under-14s and 13s. And a very quick mention about um, the, uh, the, the guys down in Norway, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, yeah, under-14s, they, they again lost to some, Thomas Rich. Um, but then they won against Brecon um, High, which was a great match. Um, and then the under-12s and under-13s are so all-way guys. They've done really, really well. And like, a particular shout-out for me is to the under-12s. Um, they're coming together as a lovely little team. They've had two draws um, in their two first fixtures. Um, one against uh, St. John's on the hill, Dean Close, which is a prep school um, who will have all been together all the way through um, their prep school. So by the time they get to to year seven and eight, you know that's their kind of senior rugby for them. So that was a they really tried and tested team, and our our boys really put a good good effort in um, against those. And the Downs Mulvan came over on on Saturday, um, and yeah, they worked really hard as and drew that game as well. So they're my kind of team of the week, if you like. Um, they've been doing brilliant brilliant stuff down there. So that kind kind of concludes the uh, the fixtures roundup up, and that'll be again a feature every single week, and we'll we'll kind of review all the all the fixtures that happened the week before.
2: Brilliant. So, what's coming up this week then? Uh, Reese? we got a busy week on Wednesday. Yeah, so um, the girls hockey have an, uh, a, a tournament a tournament up in South Powis, uh, and that's for the under-16s. Um, the boys' first team have their first college game against Gowra College. That's away way down in uh, Lacha Rugby Club, I think. Yep. Um, under-15s and under-14s girls hockey have a game against Lockton. That's a way. Um, boys rugby, under-15s, under-14s. Are playing Cullen, Calancamry, and that's up in Bilth Wells. Um, and again, under 11s uh, boys rugby against Hereford, Hereford Cathedral, that's home. And uh, under 13s, under 12s girls hockey are playing Bishopston at home. Brilliant. The standout match there for me is the under 11 Hereford Cathedral School. Massive game
1: for the, uh, for the little under 11s down there. We wish them all the
4: best. Uh, Saturday, lads, how are we looking for Saturday? Yeah, so we start Saturday with a, a girls' hockey second 11 fixture. versus Hereford Cathedral School away. So it's actually going to be a really good competition. It's a big blast then, side. isn't it, against these guys? Yeah, there's an under 13s, an under 13s B side, and an under 12 side travelling down with them. And also the first team. So obviously the first, will, first team will catch everyone's eye, but I don't think the other games should go unnoticed because there'll still be Brilliant. a fierce competition in that. Great, Dill. how are
1: we looking for
5: Saturday for uh, the rugby Where we're yeah, off? I think it's a big weekend for the boys with the rugby. We've got the first 15 and the under-16s and under-15s playing Clifton College away, which is obviously speaks for itself. Yeah, for a be a game.
1: big game that one. Good stuff. And then we've got some uh, some hockey, haven't we? Harvard Cathedral School for the under-15s and 14s. So another really busy week of sport to look forward to. Okay. Um, right, do bring to a new section of the uh, of the pod, and as I said earlier, I'm going to be reintroduce Mr. Pearson um, to the uh, to the group, and really just to talk about a topic. And each week we'll have a topic that we're going to kind of pick. And this week's topic is uh, sports in education, and the impact that sport can have on your education, academically, but then also the impact it has kind of around school as well, in in, in your free time and and what you choose to do afterwards. So that's really our topic for today. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing Mr. Pearson's answers. I know you've got some questions for him. So that's enough from me, and I'm gonna throw it out to Ben to kick
4: us off, please. So sir, how do you believe that sports play a crucial role
0: in shaping the character and values of uh, our students here at Christ College Brecken? Yeah, you you hear me saying all the time about the importance of the second curriculum, which sports a massive bit. I think um, the role of a school almost by definition to to get out the best of every pupil. Now, some will do that in the classroom, but for many they won't. And their characters form and they're developed beyond the classroom. Sport is a brilliant environment in which to, for people to learn more about themselves, to learn about people, to learn how to lead. Um, And I'm not not bothered if anybody goes on to be a professional athlete or not. That's not why I'm not committed to, to sport. I just think playing sport, especially team sport, um, really prepares you for life as well as anything. And certainly when I reflect on my own life and my career, um, some of the the, the skills or qualities I've developed along the way, sport had a massive part in that. Probably more than what I learned in my animals, if I'm honest with you. It had a huge part in how I developed. So for me, it's a vital bit for for those that are sporty. But I also recognise that not everyone is, and for other people it'll be music, or it'll be drama, or it'll be adventure. I don't care, as long as everybody finds something where they can really get their teeth into. Thanks, sir.
5: Yeah, I've got a question for you, sir. In a world where competition can sometimes become intense, how important do you think good sportsmanship, teamwork, and respect for opponents is?
0: Yeah, I don't think you'd be surprised to know that I think that matters a lot I, I certainly the sports that I respect the most are ones where there is a real uh, discipline about them that there's respect for the law there's respect for the umpire or the referee um, it's one of the reasons why I think rugby is a very special sport it's one of the reasons why I think cricket is a very special sport um, of course we all want to win but I, I always feel almost a stepping away from sport you know when you Measure of the real quality of a person is how they behave when things aren't going well. So if I apply that to sport, how do you behave when you're not winning? Are you still, you know, supportive of your teammates? Are you still uphold the rules and respectful to, to the, the referee? If the answer is yes, then I think I think you're an impressive individual. If it all goes to rack and ruin because you're losing, well, that isn't so impressive. They're not the kind of people that I think do so well in later life. So yeah, I think it's very, very impressive when you see it going well. And I'll give you a very small example that just I saw very recently. I went down and watched the boys play down at Millfield. I, I used to work at Millfield, so it's a fixture that you know I'm always interested in. Um, they didn't stop battling. They, they, I agree with Ollie's assessment from earlier. It was um, a bit of a cruel scoreline, yeah, really. Definitely. It was a really tight game. You just didn't get the rub of the green. And yet I got sent a picture after the game of the changing rooms from the head of sport down there that I know, and they were immaculate. And he says it's the first team in three years that's left the that change rooms like that. And that seems like a small, trivial point. That was hugely impressive to the director of sport there, who's an ex-professional rugby player, has played for England. He said, you know, that he left thinking, Christ College is a quality school of quality people, irrespective of the school line. And that mattered to me. That was a very, very nice text for me to receive. Thank you.
2: Yes, yeah, so Just a question from me. So as a headmaster of Christ Call, um you have quite a unique ex- uh, perspective on the uh, overall, overall impact of sports on our school community. So is there any chance you could share your thoughts on how sports can bring together, obviously, the students, parents and faculty, you know, fostering a sense of belonging and pride in our school?
0: Yeah, I, I, mean, I definitely think it, it, it does. I think when the school does well at sport and competes, it builds, kind of, to use the rugby phrase, pride in the jersey, and I think that that, that builds kind of self-esteem and confidence for the whole school. And I, and I did notice that when some of our sports teams did well, whether a child was into that sport or not, they just walked a little bit taller when they walked around school. And I think these so these things matter. But also, if I think, you know, if the moments that I also love to see, though. It's not just about winning. One of the things that I was very, very proud of uh, of our first team last year, that we a very successful team, um, but they were often seen cheering on the Allway boys after training. Um, and it was a small gesture from them; It was five minutes from them, But I witnessed 11, 12-year-old boys just giving their absolute all because they wanted to play well in front of the older boys that they looked up to. Um, and I, I, I suppose what I love about sport is never underestimate the impact you can have on other people. And that was um, that had huge impact on other people. They didn't have to do that. It just shows they parked their ego. They, they, they didn't think it was all about them. And they gave back and I, I thought I was really, really impressed by that.
1: I think that's a testimony, really to the, the, the programme that the sports team um, are putting in place with the, uh, the leaders that they're developing. Um, the leadership sports programme. So that also happened in the hockey world, for example. Yeah. And, and we're lucky to have uh, Miss Lavington now join us. And, and I know Miss Lavington's a little hit. Like she is the ultimate role model for those little ones down in Norway. And they all look up to her because the amount of time that the hockey girls also spent yeah. um, working on, on that with, uh, with them. So, and I think you're right, it brings that and fosters that environment, doesn't it? Where hopefully we're creating those leaders of tomorrow right all the way down in the, in the smallest parts of our school. So yeah. good stuff. Thanks, Reese. So
7: I think we'd all like to hear a, a personal anecdote or memory from your own experiences within sport,
0: perhaps one that had a lasting impact on your character or values. Mm-hmm. I find it slightly hard to answer really. I've got so many sporting memories. Some I, and the people here might relate to this. Some really happy. Some quite painful. Um, I played a lot of tennis. Uh, tennis is a lonely game, you know. And, and I played in the I got to the kind of final of the county championships. I was a set-up five-love up and lost. I was a 13, 14-year-old, years old. You know, I can see you even talking about it. It kind of makes me sweat <laughs> still. You know, it was just a classic awful choking moment. that we you know. Uh, but but it, tennis uh, is a brilliant game for developing mental toughness. I think other sports like golf and individual sports, I think that's true too. So that was a ne- negative experience, but I think it just toughened me to up. the the other kind of memory i've got is that kind of honest self-assessment i remember doing when i was about i wanted to be really good at sport i was i was pretty good at sport Um, but i realized there were people bigger stronger better than me and i remember making a conscious decision i said well i can't do anything about that but i'm going to be fitter than everyone else Um, and quite a bit of my kind of sporting success i was reasonably successful that's how I did it. I, I was I, I was a, I was definitely a grafter. So you I know, mean, if I did a bleep test with the rugby boys, you know, I'd, I'd really work hard and try and win it. I used to I was in the cross country team not because I loved cross country, but I just was really committed to being as fit as I could be. And it's probably what led to me up you know, joining the, the Marines at a later life. I kind of fell in love with being fit. But um, it's, that, it's that ability to self-reflect and think, okay, well, I can't do that. Well, I'll park that. There's nothing I can do about that. I was never going to be six foot eight, on a globetrotter, basketball player. But I'll tell you what, I can be fit. And, and I, think, I think that is another thing that, that sport can develop in people. And it was, it was that kind of mindset, I think, that stayed with me professionally, too. Um, okay, there's cleverer people than me. the people that will interview better than me. But I'll, I'll outwork anybody, and I'll, I'll, well, sorry, I've tried to do that. Um, so that's another kind of memory or, or a reflection on what sport has done for me. Thank you, sir. Yeah, just to round off from
6: me, and sorry to put you on the spot here, um, do you have a stand there sporting memory from Christ College over the past
0: five said, years? Again, God, there's been a lot. I, 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 I must start by saying you know, it's one of the best and most enjoyable bits of my job is to wander around and watch. Nothing makes my heart sing more than seeing hundreds of kids playing sport for their school boys and girls you know i can stand in in and around the pavilion turn 360 degrees and all i'm seeing is boys and girls charging around having a way of time it makes my heart sing um favorite i probably have to go down to as i've I've said previously i used to work at milford and just to say a little bit about milford school it's a school of 1300 kids Uh, they are very very wealthy they've got a real swagger and arrogance about them. milford they win a lot um, and one of the sports they're particularly good at is rugby sevens. They, they are probably deemed to be year on year one of the best teams across the country. When we beat them at sevens, that, that, was, that was a proper fist pump moment for me. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that, that was probably, if I had to pick one highlight, I'll say beating Milfield at sevens in our tournament. That was a no, that was no, good
1: Good choice, Mr Pearson, good choice. So highlights, and it's been a great summer. <laughs> Um, lots of great news coming back Um, I'm going to kind of just give you a quick roundup I'm going to probably lean on one of our uh, members to talk about his summer in a moment because he had a great summer on the uh, on the track Um, but just a very quick roundup from me Um, Tilly Corbett congratulations Tilly she's made it through to the next round of the national age grade um, hockey and fingers crossed I think she's due an email today to see whether or not she's made it into the under eighteen's while hockey squad now Tilly's in year eleven, um, so that would be two years early for her as well, which uh, which would be great. Um, very quick uh, roundup for um, the rugby and South Powers so Finn Horton, Jason Lee, Ollie Davis, Will Thomas, Sam Swales, Tom Scott Lowe, and Archie Lavington. They are all involved and played um, last Friday and two Fridays ago as well for South Powers. Um, big shout out for Finn. I think he scored uh, He scored that try. Um, I've got us to mention Eliza Hallett. She's been doing some fantastic equestrian competitions over the summer. Um, that culminating in a big competition that she did just yesterday. So I'm very, I'm anxious actually to, to find out how she did in that. Um, and then Kian Epstein. Um, brilliant Kian. Uh, fantastic sailing for Britain. Um, British sailing team in the, in the World Championships this year. Um, that's definitely notable. And I think we should all uh, give Kian a big pat on the back if we see him walking around school. And last but not least, I'm going to uh, throw it over to Jack to talk about his summer. Sorry to put you on the spot, Jack, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm always impressed with your achievements and I'd love to hear what you've been up to this summer.
7: Thank you, sir. It's, it's been a good summer, yeah, on the athletics track. Um, I suppose the highlight, retaining my Welsh title, that was quite a good moment. And that earned me uh, my fourth Welsh vest, so yeah, it was an honour to put on the Welsh vest once again and compete uh, on that British stage, so that was really good. And then yeah, I suppose rounding off the summer, starting the winter, pulling back on the the blue CCB vest on Thursday. Can't wait for that one. Defending the home turf. Can't wait for. Cameron Watts, the rugby boys are going to be out there. They'll all be there. They're going to be doing
1: their fitness, yeah. maximising it. They'll so. all be there. Can't wait for that. I've got to talk to me about your PB as well. You've left that out. PB summer?
7: Um, yeah, I ran at one fifty three for eight hundred metres. That was that was a nice little milestone to take off. But I think I've still got. Work to do and time in there. So looking ahead to the winter indoor season, one fifty two, I think, is on the cards. So nice. I'll I'll check back Just in to put a perspective, in perspective. One fifty
1: three is absolutely <laughs> rapid to run eight hundred <laughs> meters. Um, so your second lap of your eight hundred meters is my fastest four hundred meters. Journey. Well, that was the... that absolutely broke my heart when I received <laughs> that email over the summer. Yeah, that
7: was that was world's champs. It was a, an interesting race. I'm. I'm the first year of a three year age category, so there were some older boys in there, but I backed myself, and the first lap, it went on very slow, we went through in 69 That's seconds, incredibly slow. Which is, that is slow, you that well is slow. Holding so hands, jogging round. We were pretty much were. Um, and then, yeah, with 300 to go, I went for it, and um, held on pretty much, so yeah, yeah it was a good, good for you. slow first lap, fast second lap, but it was a good experience.
1: Not Don't get many races like
6: that, though.
7: No. No, not, not very often, but I think I said to you a few months ago, so looking, if you look, well, we, we saw the world champs this year. A lot of the middle, di- middle distance races actually are run quite slowly, not, not a 69 first lap, they'll do a, a 55 and it'll be slow. But yeah, there's certainly a tactical element to yeah. the middle distance it's races. It's interesting, and, isn't it? That it that is, is it's, yeah. not,
1: it's not just now, it's, There's tactics involved. And, yeah. it, and that then informs yeah. your training as well. Well, it does, you've
7: got to, you've got to be quick at the end yeah have yeah, that sprint finish, that sprint finish yeah.
1: well well done we look forward to Thanks hearing so. a lot more um and yeah the cross country season is the highlight of the year can't wait ollie's bouncing to get out there oh, to, like, get that vest on again yeah <laughs> which always. is special cross country christ college is special it is you know doing as many as you possibly can there are some people that have not missed one cross country possibly throughout their time ben yeah, so you know you're going to be going carry on doing them and uh, it, it's it's kind of a a really kind of cohesive team building experience here. Brilliant. Right, bringing us on to our last but one segment. Um, Each week we're going to talk about a iconic moment in sports Um, and last year we did the top 10 sportsmen and women of all time Um, and this year we're going to look at the top 10 most iconic sporting moments and we're going to dive back through history um, and we're going to start to look at what those moments might have been and some of these moments you guys wouldn't have been around for, funny enough, I wasn't around for this first moment either, which is, must have happened quite a long time ago. Uh, Mr Pearson, you probably were around for that one, so we might, we so, might, we might ask you if you remember it. Um, but hey, are we going to talk about the, uh, the first, for instance, top, the number 10 on our, on our top 10 countdown of um, greatest moments or iconic moments in sporting history? Um, I'm going to throw it over now to, uh, to Jack to uh, introduce this for us.
7: So, thanks sir. Our tenth most iconic sporting moment takes us back to the 1980 Summer Olympics, a time when sport and politics really did collide on the world stage. So, it was a time of intense global tension between the USA um, and the Soviet Union, and that led to the United States boycotting the Games in protest of Russia's invasion of Afghanistan. Amidst all this, one athlete stood out. That was Mary Decker, a middle-distance runner from the USA, who defied the boycott to compete in the 800 metres. So, like I said, I'm an 800 meter runner myself. This is a really important event in our
6: sporting history to look back on. So Mark, would you like to tell us a bit more about the race? Yeah. so the race was washed by millions worldwide and it was filled with drama. In the final lap, Mary Decker accidentally collided with Soviet athletes, Nadezhda Elisarenka sending both athletes tumbling to the ground. Mary Decker couldn't finish the race, but what makes this moment iconic is the remarkable display of sportsmanship that followed. Mary Decker helped Olyzarenko to her feet, and the two athletes finished the race together, hand in hand, to a standing ovation from the crowd. This moment symbolised the unifying power of sports and transcended political tensions, reminding us of the true spirits of competition and camaraderie.
1: Yeah, great. And I think that's a really nice one to start off with, isn't it? And it's that spirit of kind of sportsmanship, uh, camaraderie, um, which really does show that sports transcends that, doesn't it? And we can bring people together and have that really kind of united uh, united front. It's a really good one to start us off. And, uh, and thanks for introducing that one to us, lads. Um, right, last segment, which I'm really looking forward to each week, is the, uh, the shockers and the rockers. Who's had a shocker in sport over the last couple of weeks? And who has had an absolute rocker,
4: Ben? Well, I like to think at the minute that Wales are on a bit of a rocker, especially in the Welsh, uh, not in the Welsh in the Rugby World Cup at the minute. Yeah. You know they're just smashing it at all turns, and it's just the nation we expected it, but deep down maybe. Let's, let's not just too soon though. Let's just let's keep. There's, there's a bit of doubt sometimes, but they've nailed it. They
1: have, haven't they? They, they played really well yesterday against Australia. Yeah. It was a really standard. I think they've had two of the best games of the tournament. Yeah, speaking of Australia, I think A. Jones is having an absolute shocker.
3: I think I've seen Australia perform this badly for years and years. Like, uh, but I don't know, it's, I don't really know. There's been a lot of talk about uh, you know, A. Jones getting the boot, but I really don't know.
1: He stuck his neck out of the week as well, didn't he? He said that we will 100% win this game on yeah. Sunday. And I know you've got to back your team and publicly back your team. But he did it in a way slightly different to how Warren Gatlin did it. Warren Gatlin said exactly the same thing, but he said it a little bit more uh, with a bit more humility. Whereas Eddie Jones was a bit more kind of route there. and He said, "Yeah, we're definitely going to win." You know, it's, it's, and and unfortunately, when you make those claims and they don't happen, they sometimes well, they often come back to bite you in the uh, in the back. So um, so yeah, he's definitely had a a bit of a shocker, and I'm not sure if he'll see out the uh, his, his contract with with Australia, but you know. Who, who knows um anyone want to shout out for the uh the kind of i call them the second tier nations because i don't want them to be second tier nations but in the rugby world cup any shout outs for any of the teams there Reece
2: yeah fiji obviously uh, i think it's quite disrespectful to regard fiji as a tier 2 nation seeing as they've you know beaten australia beaten england some two massive performances from them you know and this seeing them moving to the top 10 uh, World rugby teams and like they've got a shout out. That, you know,
1: this World Cup, they're on the right side of the draw. They could make a semi final, and that would really open up, you know, blow open massively um, the kind of uh, the importance that Fiji have had. Then
4: I think Uruguay as well have also been just amazing, not only to watch on the pitch but to watch off the pitch. You know, the way that they are with each other, the way that their fans are just so dedicated to come and see them play. I don't know if anyone saw the clip of the Uruguayan captain mm. coming off the pitch and being met with embrace after just being beaten in one of probably their most important game of the competition, but it just yeah. shows how much sport unites people and also like countries.
3: Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm with the Uruguay as well, as but the Italy game, however, uh, well they went 17-0 up I think in the first half, so uh, I think it really shows like how much, I, I, didn't, I didn't even know that Uruguay
1: had a, a rugby team uh, before the World Cup, so... I love sure the, the little clip, actually, I saw of um, the captain afterwards as well. He stormed into the press conference and he still had his tape around his head and he was bleeding from his head. And his first comment were, was to the, um, the press in front. He said, oh, you can tell we've just had a really good game because there weren't this many of you here for when I was announcing the team. think He was speaking to maybe one or two of the press. And then obviously they've had an amazing game. I think it might have be been against Italy. And then the press room was full to the brim to talk to they all wanted to speak to him because even though they lost they had had that really kind of powerful moment in sport where I think they won the crowd around and everyone wanted them to, to succeed so yeah I'd, I'd agree with that uh, any other shockers oh, I've, got, I've got to mention this one the Luis Ribiales, the Spanish um, kind of representation or representative for Spain he's had a shocker
6: um, I called it the kind of Spanish kiss but it was terrible so he was the chair of the Spanish FA and it was it an was a, 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 a unconsensual kiss in front of millions, hundreds of millions worldwide. We're not downplaying this, it? it was just when no, of course, Spain know. had won their yeah. first
0: World Cup.
6: So it took away the attention from the World Cup and it caused shockwaves worldwide and it's since led to an overhaul in the Spanish FA. And Rubialis to lose his job. So for me, I think that's an early shock of the year.
1: Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Thanks, Mark. Um, right, I've got to mention one more. I think Chelsea have had an absolute shocker over the last couple of months. They spent a billion pounds, like a billion pounds on signings, and they are nowhere near where I think their fans and just people who love football would, would expect them to be. What do you
4: think? I think we're talking in a you know a different different type of spending when one club is being compared to Leeds. You know, La Liga, you know, up there, the Saudi Arabian League has been criticised, you know, ruining football, buying all these players in, Chelsea aren't far from what they spend at all. And I think as well, to get no outcomes, really, five points from six games, to get that out of how much they spent, you know, it seems just like a massive waste and a massive mistake. I bet you're mm-hmm. loving that as an Arsenal Absolutely. fan well. yeah. I mean I'm saying it with a straight face but I'm
6: <laughs> <Yeah>. loving that <life. laughs> there was a stat I think it was, it was Domino's they tweeted that since Chelsea last scored a goal there have been 800,000 pizzas delivered so <laughs> like,
1: after spending a billion pounds you'd expect them to be able to score a few goals wouldn't you um, right and lastly Newcastle they had an absolute rocky yesterday 8-0 against Sheffield United that's pretty decent and that therefore means that Sheffield United definite
4: shocker that's the first time they've scored uh, eight since 1999. Ooh, good fact, I like facts.
5: I think what makes it even more impressive is that they had eight different goal scorers. So for eight different players in an 11-man team to score a goal against one team, it's just...
1: Yeah, it's more a, embarrassing. It's a shocker it? for so Yeah, absolutely. You know? But also, it's great for Newcastle because if they think right. they've got goals from anywhere on their pitch, it's brilliant. Right, thank you so much everybody for uh, joining us for the first episode of this year. Um, Mr Pearson, thank you very much for giving up the time. I know you're very busy, so pleasure to have you. Um, Maybe we'll have you back a bit later on in the year, possibly. Lads, going to enjoy working with you, I think. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today. And we look forward to next Monday already. Thank you.